Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So good to see you. Welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today I want to talk to you guys about this uh, really interesting topic. I brought this up today on social media, and I saw some people had mixed responses to it. So I thought I would help clear it up. I thought I would help clear this up. So I put up something on my Instagram. My Instagram is the real Boyce Watkins, and uh, and I was basically talking about something that really came to me while I was sleeping. I was sitting there with my wife and it just hit me. And I said, isn't it interesting that we have this thing called a racial wealth gap? And I believe that a lot of this racial wealth gap starts from childhood. It starts from birth. And I said, if you pay attention, we train our children to work for white kids. Uh, we train Black children are trained to work for white children. Black children are raised in, uh, typically raised in a culture that says, get a job, get a job, get a job, and, and make sure you behave so that you can get a good job or make sure you go to school so you can get an even better job and then hope that you get a good boss that was going to treat you well, that isn't going to be super racist toward you uh, so you can get the best job available. And uh, and I think that this is something that we got to think about. Uh, this was going through my mind because I was sort of processing some things that were in my book, uh, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's available on Amazon. Feel free to go take a look at this book. And what I want to do is sort of rewrite and rethink uh, what it means uh, to be uh, a black thinker in America. Uh, my goal is to reshape what it means to be a black scholar in America. I was always a, a believer that we have a lot of scholars who waste their talent by working for big white universities and taking on whatever the white liberal agenda or white conservative agenda happens to be, and they end up being detached from the community. That's a brain drain. That's a trillion dollar brain drain. So as a scholar, um, I wrote that book to kind of say, let's sort of rethink everything. Let's rethink everything when we're talking about this racial wealth gap, because the only way you can solve the problem is if you think creatively. Like, for example, does anybody know about the little black girls who solved the 2000 year old math problem with the Pythagorean theorem? Give me a yes in the chat. If you heard about the little black girls, uh, they're high school kids. Uh, they literally took on a, a math problem that uh, that hadn't been solved for 2000 years. And it was all about uh, how to how to prove the Pythagorean theorem without using recursive geometry or something like that. And I just I was floored by it. I was absolutely floored. And the reason I was floored by it is because I've been in a math department. I have taught in a mathematics department with PH with math PhD students. Let me tell you, math PhD students are some of the smartest people you will ever meet. Math professors are literally their brains are on a level that most of us can't even comprehend. So the idea that these two little black girls in high school were able to solve a problem that none of these, none of the most brilliant <clears throat> math PhDs in all of history in the last 2,000 years has been able to solve is really fascinating. Well, how did they do that? How did those girls solve that problem besides the fact that they're obviously very, very smart? Well, the way they were able to solve that problem is that uh, it's because they were young, their, their minds were open, free, and creative. They were able to approach the problem with a fresh eye. They were able to look at the problem with eyes that, that it, 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 in a way that had never been looked at before. And there, that allowed them to see a solution that had never been seen before. Well, I think the same thing is true when you're talking about the racial wealth gap. When you're talking about this racial wealth gap, um, how many of you know about the racial wealth gap where whites have 10 times more wealth than black people? Uh, how, give me a guess if you know about the fact that black people own less land than we did 100 years ago. How many of y'all know that black people have fewer businesses than we had, you know, in the 1930s? How many of you know that black people used to own an entire sports league while these Negroes are out here begging to get 2%? Two, I want to own 2% of the Denver Broncos. The, you all actually had a time where black people owned the entire sports league. 
black people actually had, you know, we have black, we have one black NASCAR driver, Bubba Wallace, where there was a time where there was something called the glory and gold sweepstakes. If I'm not mistaken, shout out to Anthony Martin and Michelle Martin. Happy birthday, Anthony, by the way, uh, Anthony Martin, who and his wife, Michelle, who created the urban youth racing school in Philadelphia. They introduced me to that. There was a whole racing league owned by black people that was making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, and more important than making the money, more important than making the money, more important than the money was that they had the power. They had the ability to shape their own environment. They weren't going to work every day saying, gosh, I, I don't like this job because they're so racist. They're so racist on my job. they just so racist. they just be mistreating me. Well, you know, if they're so racist, why do we want to keep going back? Why would we send our children back into a space where everybody's racist and mean? I'm not mocking anybody. I get it. I understand. I know what racism feels like. That's why I stay away from it. Anything that bothers me, I stay away from it. I don't like COVID. I've had COVID. I stay away from it. If you, somebody tells me I had COVID, I socially distance. I socially distance from the things I don't want. I, when I see ratchet culture getting black men killed when I was 20 years old, I got away from that culture. So, so ultimately, social distancing is a, an important concept to consider. Right? Distance yourself from the things you don't want. Don't send your children into a burning house. Martin Luther King told you that he realized toward the end of his life, he realized he was wrong about a few things. He realized he was integrating black people into a burning house. He realized that as much as he had been falsely led to believe that everything he was doing was going to improve the state of the black community, it was actually going to make things worse. Okay, so give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, so do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe, and uh, and I'm gonna keep talking about this issue. And by the way, the new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It's available on Amazon. If you want to go take a look, it's an Amazon bestseller, very high reviews, almost all five star. So I know you're gonna love it, and it'll change your family forever. I'm also doing a training on this book, a two day deep dive, Black Wealth Bootcamp in Houston, uh, April 21st and 22nd. So if you'd like to join us, uh, just go to boyswalkers.com and you can take a look and join us in Houston. All right, so here's what um, here here's here's the reason I want to address this issue today. I, I, I said I'm going to address this right after I get done taking my daughter to dance class. Uh, so after I took her to dance class, I and I, I pre prepared everything and I was sort of thinking it through. Um, I wanted to sort of uh, sort of address some of the remarks I saw in response to what I said this morning. So this morning I put up the post and I said, we got to stop training black children to go work for white children. We need black children to realize they can also work for themselves and they can work for each other. So I had some people that legitimately made a legitimate point where they came back and said, I don't train my kids to work for white people. We don't train our kids. You're stretching, bro. You're stretching. And I get it. I understand, right? I get it. You know, remember, I, I, I got my PhD 20 years ago and I thought I was smart 20 years ago when I got a PhD. I've learned 10 times more since then than I knew back then, right? So even back then, I still knew a lot. I was the only black person on the planet to get a PhD in finance that year. So I was pretty smart at finance, but I wasn't anywhere near where I am now. So sometimes you have to grow into something and really see it with a fresh eye. And and, and you never know when that's going to hit. So what happened was that, that it really hit me. I said, wait a minute. Well, we're talking to our children. Pay attention. Now, give me a yes if you've ever heard this kind of language in your house. How many of you grew up in a household where the whole conversation about money if somebody said, well, if you said, mama, I need more money, what they say? Well, if you get older, you got to get a job, get a job, get a job, get a job, right? The whole get a job culture. Why don't we go to school? We go to public school and then they train us to get ready for college. Going to college is kind of the big deal uh, where you can go one hundred thousand dollars in debt so that you can do what? So you can get a good job. M most college graduates are seeking a good job when they graduate. Right. That's the goal. Well, who controls most of those jobs? Do black people control most of these corporations or these cor big corporations that you're trying to work for? When you're trying to go work for Google, who runs Google? Do black people run Google? 
when you try to go work at McDonald's or do, do black people own McDonald's? Do they own the corporation? We own some franchises, but we don't own the whole corporation. Uh, when you try to go work at uh, IBM or Microsoft, do black people run these companies? Do black, give me, what, what do y'all think? No, black people do not run these companies, right? So, so when you're teaching your child, like, hey, I want you to work hard, go to school, go to college so you can get a good job. You're pretty much kind of telling them you're, you're, there's the implicit expe expectation that at some point they're going to have to work for white people. I've heard people even talk about HBCUs and say that's unrealistic because, you know, because at some point you're going to have to deal with white people. You're going to have to work around white people. Right. And it's no this is not anti-white. I, I want anybody white to listen, because sometimes when you talk like this, people get scared. People are afraid of intelligent black men who are not afraid afraid to tell the truth. So they get scared of me very easily. I'm not here to scare you. Ain't, ain't nothing worth being scared about because this is not anti-white. I ain't got time to be hating nobody. I'm really loving myself. So here's the problem that you have. <clears throat> so you're training your children to go to school uh, so they can make good grades, so they can get a good job. And you know that most of those jobs that they're seeking to get are, um, are going to be working for white people. We tell black people that at some point you're gonna have to work around white people, right? Has anybody ever heard that? Like, 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 you know, HBCUs are not realistic because at some point you're gonna have to work around white people. Now, I want to ask you a question, serious question. Do you think that white people tell other white people that at some point you're gonna have to work for a black man? At some point, your boss is gonna be black. At some point, you're gonna have to deal with a black-owned company, and you're gonna have a black boss that's gonna come tell you what to do. So you got to be ready to deal with black people. Now, mind you, they know that black people are out there. Right. They do know that. Right. They know that at some point they're going to meet us. They're going to run into us right in the street or whatever. But I don't think that white people grow up with the expectation that at some point they're going to end up working for a black person. I don't think that it's not that white people grow up with the expectation that at some point they're going to attend a university that's controlled by black people. They don't aspire to go to HBCUs. They consider HBCUs to be the garbage like that's that's where those people go to school. Now, now, black people, we love to aspire to go to their institutions. We love to aspire to be in their spaces. We see that as a step up. They see you as a step down. I think that that is something that is an assumption that was given to you as a child. That is the white supremacy that was injected into your soul when you were little. And unfortunately, you're stuck in that trap. So here's what occurs. Here's what happens. I've seen it a million times. This is what led me to even create the whole Black Wealth Bootcamp concept. How many of you, let me, I'm going to prove it with a question. How many of you have ever been on the job and felt like you were treated in a racist fashion on the job? Give me a yes. Everybody who is a survivor of white on black racism on the job, raise your hand. Give me a yes. Give me a yes if at some point you went to your job and felt like those white folks were not treating you right, or if you felt like you were a victim of microaggression, or if you felt like they were stressing you out, or if you felt like they were doing you wrong, or you felt like you didn't get the job you deserved, or you felt like you should have got a raise and a promotion, but they gave it to the white lady, or you feel like the ball, your white boss is like kind of on your ass and that they're doing it to you because you're black, or maybe you were the only black middle manager in the entire division and, and you got treated a certain way, right? How many of you have gone through that, right? Give me a yes in the chat, right? So, so if, I, if I ask that question, I kind of already know the answer. It's a facetious question. Because the vast majority, the vast overwhelming majority of black people go through racism and most of the racism we experience is really actually on the job. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some things that might happen, like you might deal with a cop and a cop might be mean to you. But most of us don't talk to a cop every day, but most of us talk to our boss every day, at least four or five times a week. OK, so you but you don't talk to cops four or five times a week. You you, you know, me, I always avoided cops. I didn't want to be in trouble with cops. So I talk I talk to a cop maybe once every five years. But I when I was working, I talked to my boss every single day. How did that happen? How did you end up in that environment? Is that the only path that is available to a black person in this country? 
is is that the only path that look if you can't deal with the racism then you just you just won't be able to eat because if you don't work for white people then you'll never be able to feed yourself um who taught you that who told you that who told you that that was the only way for you to get ahead economically probably your parents you probably learned that as a kid so when you were a kid and they were talking about how to you know teaching you how to fill out a job application that same time could have been spent showing you how to fill out the form for to start an LLC. The time that you spent going to school, learning uh, the periodic table and Edgar Allan Poe and European history, you could have been going to school to learn um, how to how to buy real estate, um, how to invest in stocks, how to work with your friends and start a business. You could have been learning these things. You you could have been learning all of the skill sets necessary for you to be economically independent but instead the school system itself was designed to teach you all the skills that are going to keep you dependent to bring you into the system why well because you know well the rockefellers made millions of dollars in donations to public schools because they said we need more workers henry ford said we need more people to sit on the assembly line so let's indoctrinate them early so that they learn how to sit down shut up follow the rules and get into the system Right. So so you're being prepared. You're being prepped for this. Right. So 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 my point in this statement, um, going back to what I said earlier, and I put it on my Instagram. If you want to go join the conversation, feel free. My Instagram is the real voice Watkins was I said that I think that as a as a community, we've got to be careful about teaching black children to grow up and work for white children. Now, let me explain that in further detail. Not every black child is, is being taught like this. We know this. Some black children are being taught to be owners and builders and investors. And not every black child is going to be a business owner. We know this. Some some people just don't have it in them, don't have an interest in running a business and, or working for themselves. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, and, and then here's on the flip side, not every white child is being taught uh, to be the, a, a captain of industry. Not every white child. There are mi millions of white kids who are being raised the same way you are. They're being raised to go work on the corporate plantation and, and get a good job. And the whole training that you go through, they're getting the same training. But here's the thing that you got to understand. Pay attention now. I need you all to let me know you're hearing this. There is a vast difference between a white man working for a white man and a black man working for a white man. Do you understand what I'm saying? A white man working for another white man ain't the same as a black man working for a white man and i had that conversation with charlemagne the god i remember after damon dash went on the air at the breakfast club and he did a real long rant about um about working for yourself and being your own boss and how calling a man boss is like calling him daddy and dame has his style that's his flair that's his his that's his energy and uh charlemagne called me he said he said i got i got brothers now quitting their jobs now because they because they heard dame's thing and he said you know it ain't nothing wrong with black people going to work for for, for white people because you know white people do it all the time white people go get jobs all the time i said yeah charlemagne i said i i don't i don't hear i hear what you're saying and i love you and respect you but um a black man is not a white man. We're not white. We're not white. So when we say, well, we should do it because that's what white people do. Well, then that's where you're messing up right there. That's where you're messing up because that tells me that you have been brainwashed and you have been, sorry, I don't want to make fun of you, but you've internalized this false idea of racial equality that's been fed to you since you were little that does not exist in this society. You have been taught that everything a white man can do, you can do. And let me tell you, that will end you up in a world of trouble every single time. I had a friend I grew up with who thought he was a white boy. 
He hung around white people, had white girlfriends, white, 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 wiggity white. Didn't halfway like being black. He got to college, joined the white fraternity, got drunk and high with the white boys. And when the white boys got wild and crazy and got locked up, he got wild and crazy and got locked up with them. Guess who stayed in jail at the longest amount of time? Guess who didn't get bailed out? When all his little, when Chad and, and Joey and Billy got bailed out by their parents, guess which, guess which person was still in jail three weeks later? What do y'all think? So, and I remember thinking like, bro, you ain't white. Who told you that you were white? <laughs> I mean, they, I knew that, right? I know that their world is different from our world. Their, their resources are different from our resources. Their uh, opportunities are different from our opportunities. It doesn't mean we don't have opportunities. We just have to look in different places. You know, so, so, uh, so that, that was the point that I ended up, remember, I remember making with Charlemagne. I said, yeah, I'll come on and talk about Dame and what he said. But I'm not going to completely dismiss everything he said because what he did bring into the conversation was a sort was a sense of pride. He was challenging black men to say, "How are you considering yourself to be a man when you are being raised and fully indoctrinated to get on your knees and bow to another man? You're literally looking at this other man as if he's superior to you, and you're sitting around telling your woman how superior this other man is to you, and you have no understanding of how that makes that woman disgusted with you." That makes her not respect you. That makes her feel sorry for you. If she's sleeping with you, it's sympathy sex. It's not because she honors you. Women are not naturally built to honor a man who admits that he is inferior to a whole class of men. That That's just what it is. You know, so I said, you know, I think that we can have the conversation in a realistic fashion, but ultimately there are some people who just probably could do a whole lot better if they didn't try to submit to a system that isn't going to work for them, right? That some people, for some people working for someone else or, or being uh, sort of uh, oppressed, oppression doesn't work. It's like a square peg in a round hole. It doesn't feel right. You know, some people are not built for slavery. Now, some people can deal with it. Some people can go to work and get mistreated and have the racism. Yep, yep, yep. See, can y'all still hear me now? <clears throat> Let me know if you can still hear me because I, I just literally knocked my microphone on the floor because I was getting so into what I was saying. Okay. Am I coming through okay? Give me a yes if you can hear me okay. All right. So, <clears throat> so, 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 so the thing is, and, and I remember the point I wanted to make with Charlemagne is I said, we need to have a conversation about some of what Dame said. Maybe it needs to be calibrated and pulled in, but we should not pull it back in so much that we get people back to where they were before they heard him talk. Right. Because, be, you know, because what's happened is, is you need somebody that's going to push the envelope a little bit. You need somebody that's going to crack the whip and get you up off your butt. You need, <clears throat> you need to have, you need to have somebody that kind of gets you, you know, saying, come on, you could do better than that. Right. So what I'm saying is I'm not sitting here trying to say that uh, if you work for white people, you're a sucker. I'm not here to say every black person on earth needs to run their own business. I'm not here to say any of that. I'm here to say that some of y'all know you could do better. Some of y'all know your children have more potential than other people's children. Some of y'all want a little bit more for yourself. Some of y'all want this thing called freedom. And I'm here to tell you, to encourage you to go fight for that thing that you want. And I'm also here to tell you that ain't nobody going to give you that freedom. 
capitalism and racism and white supremacy don't give you nothing. It ain't going to give you anything. If you're not ready to fight, then go ahead and get on your knees and bow and submit yourself to to white supremacy and just call yourself a white supremacist because that's kind of what you are. But for those of you that are tired of the nonsense, that want something better, I'm here to help you explore all of the sneaky little ways they tap into your subconscious at a very early age and get you to submit to this simple idea that white people are better than you, that white people can run billion dollar corporations and you can't, that white people can create jobs and you never will, that white folks get to be the boss and you will always be the employee, that the white man is Batman and you're supposed to be Robin. He's Michael Jordan and you might get to be Scottie Pippen. Well, I think some of you want something better than that and I want to encourage you to go for that because I think society isn't going to ever teach you that. I don't see anything in the public schools that's going to teach you that. I don't see anything in mainstream media that's going to teach you that. I don't see anything in corporate America that's going to teach you that. So ultimately, maybe I'm one of those people that can help teach you that, but ultimately you need to teach that to yourself. And you also need to talk to those damn kids and stop that whole job talk. Job, 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 get a job. Boy, better get a job. Got to work, get a job. Fill out the application, get a job. Okay, fine. Let them discover the job world on their own. Talk to your children about things like I talked to my daughter. We don't talk about jobs. My daughter said she wants to be a professional dancer. I said, great. Let's build you some wealth so you can dance and and enjoy your life instead of having to slave away at a corporation or in some factory and doing something that you hate every day. You love dancing. Dancing makes you smile. Well, I love you. And my job as your daddy is to do everything I can to make sure you are smiling up until the day you die. So let's figure out how we can understand business and wealth and economic resources so that you will have enough money to pay your bills so that you can spend your life dancing and smiling and being happy instead of going to work every day depressed, sad, regretting all the dreams that you had to kill in order for you to fit into a society that doesn't want a black woman to be free. That's the conversation I had with my daughter this morning. And I encourage you to have that same conversation with your kids. There is no rule ever written anywhere that says a black person has to ever work one day on the corporate plantation. So you go to my website, there's the $5 a day investing plan. It's totally free. Get that. If if that'll help you, that's something you can do to invest for your kids so that by the time they're 25 or 30, they have plenty of resources and they don't have to deal with the bullshit of getting up and going to work every day with somebody who mistreats them. The only time you should ever be in a situation where you have to keep turning back to your abuser is when your self-esteem is low and your resources are low and you don't have anywhere else to go. And that is because somebody made you an economic orphan. Who in the hell on this earth should have to go back into an abusive relationship? You wonder why black people die younger than other people. You want to know why we have health ailments. You want to know why we have mental illness and trauma and black men die in their 50s? Well, it's because every single day you're literally not allowed to go to the place that makes you happy. You have to go to the place that makes you sad. You're not going to a place of peace. You got to go to war every day. You're not able to go to a place where you're loved and supported. You got to go to a place where you're reviled and hated and and, and that's filled with contempt. Well, of course it's going to kill you. So I'm saying to you, if you love your kids, don't condemn them to death. Don't condemn them to the same racial agony that that we inherited from the people before us. 
And I'm sorry if I hurt, if I hurt the feelings of all the civil rights superstars who think they're marching with Dr. King and praying and marching and singing we shall overcome and getting good jobs and student loans was the way for black people to go. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but now it's time to rethink the math problem. Now it's time for us to look at the math problem with fresh eyes. Like those little girls who solved the Pythagorean theorem after 2000 years, they solved the problem because they looked at it with fresh eyes. So what I wanna bring to you are fresh eyes to say, how do we solve this racial wealth gap issue in a way that is different from anything that we might've heard before? Maybe we gotta go back to the past in order to look to the future. Maybe we need to look before integration where black people did own land, where black people did own businesses, where black people did create their own schools and figure it out from there. That's how you get there. That's how you get freedom. Everybody's not gonna get it. Some people are, not, are just gonna get mad and that's fine. They can be mad. I'm not talking to those people, I'm talking to you. So that's my two cents for today. I have nothing else to say. I'm going to go and go spend time with my wife. Um, quickly, if you could, please hit that thumbs up button before you go. Thumbs up, thumbs up, uh, share. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell uh, in order to uh, know when we go live. Also, uh, in case they ever ban me from YouTube for being too black, uh, you can text the word voice to 31996 and you'll be on my text text list so I can text you periodically uh, when we go live or when we have something going on. So feel free uh, to text the word voice to 31996 in the Black Business School. Every now and then when we have something happening there, we'll let you know. Last but not least, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is available on Amazon. Uh, thank you all for supporting it. It's gotten 4.9 star reviews. It's a bestseller. And I think you're going to like it uh, because, again, it's the goal is to rethink all these old problems. Uh, lastly, I'm going to be in Houston uh, April 21st and 22nd for a two-day Black Wealth Boot Camp. If you'd like to join us in Houston, just go to my website, boycewatkins.com, and you can join us there. I'm going to get on out of here, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope my words are taken in the spirit that they were intended. If you disagree, you certainly have the right to disagree with me. But this is my word, and I'm sticking to it, and I ain't changing nothing. So God bless you. Have a good one. I'll see you soon. Peace. Here we are, clanting the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down beyond Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.